Myself, Renee, Low Key Geek, and Blake the Wolf. We are the Movie Time Movie Bros. What's on, everybody? What's going on, dude? Dude, what's up? Uh, been super busy. Been watching movies as we do. Okay. Been talking about movies with you here on a weekly basis. We're back, and maybe Marvel's back too. I don't know. How's how's it going with you, man? What have, what have you uh, have you been doing? I've been good. Um, you know, still keeping busy and, you know, obviously doing stuff here on the channel and all that. Um, catching up on Guardians going into this movie that we're going to be talking about today. So I'm very excited to discuss this. And just just a heads up, we have not discussed our thoughts on the movie just yet. We were just catching up, making sure technical stuff was working correctly. So again, those of you who are watching live, thank you for watching and joining us. Let us know if there are any audio issues and all that. Um, you know, nothing's perfect these days. So we definitely would love the heads up and all. But uh, yeah, so we don't know how each other feels about this movie just yet. Uh, but it's going to be really, really interesting to find out and hear what we all think about this movie going forward. But before we start going into all that, and like we do every episode, welcome. Hello. How are you? Hello. I hope you're all doing great. Um, we are, again, the Movie Time Movie Review Podcast, where we have episodes every week where we talk about movies, reviews on movies, and all that stuff. Uh, we are just two buds who loves movies. If you like what you see, and you haven't done so yet, please make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell to get notified every time a new episode is posted here on the channel. If you want Loki Geek or Movie Time on the go, you can check out the Loki Geek podcast channel on your podcast platform of choice, where you could find you know these episodes and audio versions of what we do here on the channel for your downloading and listening pleasure. And then you know we are live today, so super chats are live. And donations are always uh, welcomed and accepted. If you want us to address your comment and question while we are doing this program, make sure to super chat it in. If you want your question or comment read out loud by the geek bot we have initiated, that's right, we have a geek bot on the show. $5 plus donation will have that read out loud for you. Just follow the link in pinned in the comments and found in the description. And we, you could have some fun with that. Um, no holds barred. So whatever you guys want to say to us, please, by all means, do so. And also, last but not least, if you're in a position to help further support the channel and help the channel grow, check out the affiliates we have listed in the description. You might find something awesome for yourself or for a loved one. And by participating, you will be helping support this channel at no additional cost to any of you. And for all of your support, we thank you and all that. All right. Enough of that crap. Blake, what you been up to, man? Some holds barred on the questions for the record. Just some holds, like some. Okay, I guess you know. Actually, for five dollars, no holds barred. For six dollars, Renee will do an impression reading the question of the prepubescent rocket raccoon. There we go. Um, and if I make any errors on pe people's names, uh, Renee is the low key geek, and uh, I am a fan, but more of an interloper when it comes to the MCU. So I'll be asking him a few questions. If you have questions. They're probably the same questions I have, and we'll get into it, and we'll let Renee just fully geek out about Guardians. I'm excited yeah. for that. As far as uh, movies, you've been catching up on the Guardians. Is yes, I yeah. definitely should have done that because it's been a few years since we had one of these. Sure. We have an event movie on our hands this week. That's always oh, yeah. makes it more exciting to be here. Um, in the last week, I saw an event movie of the low key indie international sort, but people are hyped about Sisu. 
Oh, S-I-S-U. nice. Sisu. Yeah. Loved it. Oh, great. That's it? awesome. Yes. I, yeah, saw I, I, yeah, I saw it early. I, yeah. I, you mentioned it and then you kind of like reframed it because after that, oh, I got a lot of ads for it and a lot of people saying it's the World War II John Wick. And I, I understand where that was coming from, but you were like, that's not really, that's no. a selling, that's a marketing scheme more. Yeah. I, it was, if you can handle gore and because it was pretty gnarly, it was gnarlier sure. than John Wick on some of them. Like you're seeing the before, during, and after of a severe mm-hmm. wound or someone, a mine hitting someone's head or a knife going through their skull. Yeah. But if you're okay with that, and um, also if you're a Nazi, you're probably not going to love the movie, but also um, fuck out of here. This movie was ruled because I love a good Nazi killing movie. Hell yeah. Um, I, I come from a, a, a line of Nazi killers and the uh, Inglorious Passages <laughs> and the uh, Sisu, where it's just like, just go all out. Just mm, loved it. Had a great time at the movies doing that one. And then um, awesome. I also rewatched Bo is Afraid, which we're not going to do another two and a half hour or trying to figure out what that movie's about the second time same amount of questions exact same question really my theories are a little more informed okay i saw some of the things that we talked about that you'd pointed out to me yeah and i have like I, I feel a little bit more comfortable in that world but it's still just fully just panic attack bad trip movie and i love it the same mm-hmm. like but nothing changed like it's just as dense and enigmatic of a text as the first okay. watch so it didn't really help in that regard. I was like, oh, now I get it. No, right, no right. Now it's all clear to me now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. I want to hear, um, as far, especially as far as the Guardians that you've been catching up on and sure. how you are coming into this movie. Um, at, people are coming into it like from from different places, different levels yeah. of Marvel fandom. Marvel's in an interesting place. Where, where sure. are you coming in from, and, and how is your rewatching? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, Marvel, in in my opinion, and many other people's opinions, it has been kind of um, hit or miss, mostly miss these days. Um, you know, Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. I hated that movie. You know, and I gave it a second shot. You know, and after the second one, it made me hate it. The second viewing, I hated it even more. Um, after that, um, when it comes to their Disney Plus series, you know, obviously it's also been kind of hit or miss too. I felt like they started somewhat strong, and then things just kind of went all over the place after that. And I think it's because there's just an abundance of content they're putting out um, with no real proper direction. Now, I mean, you could kind of say like, look. Phase four is dealing with the aftermath of the events of Endgame. You know, people are still recuperating from the snap and, you know, getting together with loved ones and figuring their lives out and all that stuff. So they're dealing with grief and, and you know, tr- uh, transformations and transitions and all that stuff like that. Um, plus, we were introduced to a lot of characters, you know, just out of nowhere. Right. So I felt like a lot of people were kind of just like all over the place and Feelings were kind of, you know, whatever. Um, when we talked about Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness, I know you didn't like that movie so much. And I was kind of like 50-50 on it because I was a Sam Raimi fan. Uh, and still am. Uh, and that was a very Sam Raimi movie. But it was kind of like, okay, where did this come from? Like, this is kind of weird. Where is it going? Um, no Way Home, different story. I felt like, uh, you know, that was just a great nostalgia trip for Spider-Man fans and on all of that. And, you know, that's what kind of made it a great movie. Um, and then you had movies like Eternals and, and Shang-Chi and all that. And, you know, various opinions and all. But I do feel like Thor, <laughs> the last Thor movie, was pretty much 
the turning point for a lot of people. Uh, there are people who love that movie, and there are people like me who just really hated that movie. Um, so I do feel like there is such a thing as Marvel fatigue. So when I went ahead and I rewatched the first two Guardians, um, it made me remember why I love Marvel films, you know, because those two were just very unique. And you're taking a group of people that no one really knows about and you're making them very fascinating and interesting and you're building on the characters and all that. Uh, you're invested in what they go through. And I think James Gunn does so well with these ensemble casts and putting together people that are like broken. You know, these are people that have issues. These are people that are not perfect. Um, and when they're together, they're not perfect, but they figure stuff out, you know, and they, they recognize one another and they're, they're there for one another. They support each other and they really truly become friends and all that. And they become a family. And that's been like a reoccurring Thing that happens throughout all of these movies is the family aspect. It's like we are family. We're a family. The importance of family. The, the importance of belonging. So it was really good to see all that. Now, before I, obviously we get more into the Guardians three stuff, um, there was a, a holiday special that they put out that I'm sure the fans saw, and maybe some who are not so much of hardcore fans probably didn't watch. I'm assuming you didn't watch it right correct yeah i was it was i'm on the level of fandom yeah. right between those they're like oh i want to watch that i'm gonna should watch that and i heard some reviews and people mm -hmm. told me some things and never never watched it right yeah so and, and that's it's one of the few i kind of like on the disney pluses i've kind of put those more to the side now yeah which at some point too i want to go through like the in the last 10 marvel movies we've had uh one or two hits and we've had a couple flops on the shows you know what i mean but yeah there's a, i basically allowed myself in my mcu fandom i still see every movie i've seen all of them before mm -hmm. but i'm not forcing myself to watch everything on disney plus right once it started falling off there so yeah no that makes what sense did I, I are you I, I think it's okay to spoil the yeah guardians christmas special yeah tell me, tell me about that yeah, did, I mean, did you rewatch that, or are you going off of you saw it back in December? Did you like it? Yeah, so it was one of those. It reminded me of like the type of straight to TV holiday specials you would get back in the day. You know, it, it was just like one of those like nice side mission type of things that coincided with the holiday season. That if you remember in old TV time, every major show had to have a Christmas special. They had to have like a holiday special, right? And it usually was an episode that didn't really mean anything to the entire show. It was just like, oh, Jimmy got lost. We got to find Jimmy in time for Christmas. Or, oh, there's this one present and we can't afford it, but we have to find a way to make mom happy or whatever the case is, right? And this was or one of those... Or Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> which... <laughs> The best version of Guardians Christmas special might be a parody of the Star Wars Christmas special. Right, which is already right. a parody of like a good thing of, of, a, right. of a good Christmas special. Yeah, um, I'm so glad that's on YouTube. That used to be impossible to find. Oh my gosh! Originally, yeah. I was trying to tell someone about it, and they were like, "What?" Yep. And then we just watched it, and it was nauseating. <laughs> it was something. It so, was definitely something. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, I understand the concept of the Christmas special. And that's yeah. what this was. Is it, It's not necessarily, it is canon. It's officially yeah. part of the story. Yeah. It, but it's more of a side quest. And my understanding is there's things that happen in that that I maybe would have understood this movie, Guardians 3, better if I'd seen that. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll go into that a little, a little bit now because again, it's not huge spoiler stuff. There wasn't anything major that really happened in the special. The special was basically, and if you remember from like Guardians, if, ever since Guardians one, uh, Peter Quill always he he mentions Kevin Bacon and Footloose, and that's like one of his favorite movies, right? So he sees Kevin Bacon as like this big hero, and now. Peter, you know, he's depressed. It's the holidays. He's still missing Gamora and all that. So Mantis and Drax decides to go back to Earth to kidnap Kevin Bacon to bring him back to Peter as a present to try to cheer him up and all. Uh, So it's like a lot of hijinks. But you really the main things that really happen in that special is that you get to see the bond of Mantis and Drax really get stronger. So you see that also happening and it explains a lot of stuff and the chemistry that's happening in this third movie. You know, like they're like brother and sister at this point. It's like there's no separating them. Speaking of brother and sister, it is also revealed that Mantis is Peter's sister. Uh, because we we come to find out that uh, Ego, played by Kurt Russell in volume two, is also Mantis's dad. So it is revealed at the end of the special that she kind of confronts Peter and says, hey, I'm your sister. And he's like, well, that's the best present I could ever get. So they have like this sweet, very bonding moment. And it was very, very nicely done. And I think the last really bit of um, stuff that is good to know going into this movie is that they're on Nowhere. This was a planet that was introduced way back in volume one. And they always seem to come back to. So it turns out before Yondu died, Yondu made a deal with Nowhere where he bought Nowhere and now it belongs to the Ravagers, you know, which is like that ragtag group that uh, Peter's a part of. So this is this be- now becomes the Guardians home base. And that is kind of explained in the holiday special. Hence why they start off. You start off at Nowhere in this movie. And, you know, a lot of people are probably wondering, like, oh, why did that happen and all that? And I'm sure a lot of Thank people are like. What happened? Why, where's Thor? Well, if you watched Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, you would see that they kind of split ways because Thor needed to find himself, you know, and all that. And he had to go on a journey. And Peter and, and was pretty much just like, yeah, 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 you do that. Yeah, go ahead. Go away. And, you know, just trying to get rid of him, basically. And they they separate and all that. So, Well, that, that points out another problem with the recent Marvel falling off mm-hmm. is I saw Thor. I just kind of blocked it out of my memory <laughs> right and when this movie started i was like where's thor and yeah. like pulling out my phone in my hoodie like where why is thor not here yeah and, mm-hmm. oh right yeah they addressed all of this in the movie that was not good yeah. uh it used to be all the references everyone in the audience got them because every it was appointment viewing at the movies every time a new marvel movie came out yeah we have enough of them that are we're flopping that they're we know the box office numbers are not what they used to be right and a couple reasons for that, but one of them, they're not as good. And so now it's harder to keep everyone on board. Mm-hmm. If you start losing, um, it's, it can quickly become like a sand through the fingers problem where like, oh, half the audience gets the references. Now they're now half the audience is enjoying this. The half that remains, the other half is going to be less likely to go to the next one because they're not enjoying this one as much. Yeah, It could be a little reverse snowball. Um, yeah, it but, could be. So. But the one thing that Guardians has going for themselves for sure is that it's one of the Marvel like standalone movies that people really generally love. It, it yeah. really captures the attention of not only like the, the hardcore fans like myself, but people who are just casual fans like you, 
like I, I remember you told me before that you enjoyed the first two movies, right? It, it was just very enjoyable, easy to understand for the most part. And what they do really well is that they try not to tie in so much to the overall stuff that's happening with the rest of the MCU, with the rest of the Marvel Universe. They're their own group. They have their own stuff that they have to deal with. And then, you know, from time to time, you do find them, obviously, interacting with the rest of the Marvel canon and the rest of the Marvel lore and, you know, all that. But for the most part, these movies are pretty good standalone movies, you know. But they're, they work within the Guardians series, you know. So, obviously, yeah. two plays off of what happened in one three plays off of what happened in two and the holiday special like that. It doesn't really play off too much on what happened outside of that, except with uh, the the lo- losing of Gamora and why Peter is, you know, kind of still in mourning of all that. So, so yeah. That, which catches us up nicely. Thank you. Cause that yeah. was one of the first questions I had also, because uh, it's been a while since sure. we've been fully it's in been a while. the walls of in game. Um, <laughs> I was like, why is Peter so sad? Why is he yeah. in drunk Thor mode, uh, fat Thor, drunk Thor mode? And <laughs> they're like, is Peter okay? And everyone's worried about Peter. I, I yeah. Now you're mentioning that. It's, oh, right. That's why he's sad because the love of his life was sacrificed. Yep. R.I.P. Gamora. Yep. And then Gamora shows up and I was like, ah, I'm going to ask Renee about a lot of this stuff. So um, <laughs> I don't think that's a very, that's not a serious spoiler, uh, but we'll all try to save most of my bigger questions that, that involve spoilings for, for a little bit later in the episode. What was your, if it, what was your theater experience like? What was yeah. your reaction to this one? Cause you, you were fully ready for this movie. Oh you yeah. You got the jacket on. Still. <laughs> I don't know if you Which is very coincidental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very very yes no it really is it's very coincidental i had the jacket for a long time the shirt i definitely bought from guardians too like this is a representation of what of uh star lord's shirt from the second movie um but it's yeah yeah no i was really eagerly anticipating this movie because i really enjoy the guardians trilogy well now it's a trilogy but i i love the series so far um so i was really geared up now i went to see it uh, in my local theater, 3 p.m. on a Thursday. Uh, so it's afternoon, which is the time that I usually try to see these movies because it's usually not that packed. I could really enjoy it without a lot of distraction. And I knew right away, and it's funny because I texted Blake later that night, and I told Blake I knew this movie was go- is going to be huge because the theater was pretty much half full, which is rare for that time. Wow. But it was filled with people that I knew were supposed to be at work at the time. And these are people that have, like, day jobs. They they just working come across the working class folks. Yeah. These aren't, and, like, teenagers on spring break. No. Kind of movie theater, 3 p.m. You know, you get the yeah. 4 p.m. crowd. It's like everyone just... Um, you said you said half full. You know what's funny too is because we've been talking about movies and we're trying to gauge how popular sure. we will be. Box office predictions based on... I usually am doing the latest showing on a Thursday night. You're usually yeah. doing the earliest one. Yeah. It's a pretty decent metric. They're not going to be the most popular showings, but we kind of have a gauge for how full that theater is based on how successful yep. it'll be. Mm-hmm. You always are like, yeah, there were two people there. Right. This is a movie everyone was excited about, and now I'm starting to worry. Or that's kind of normal for a 3 p.m., really. Right. You go to a, especially like before school's out, two people on a 3 p.m. show is like, okay, this is a pretty, this is about yeah. as good as it usually gets. Half full? Yeah. Yeah. This franchise. Damn. 
Yeah. Marvel no, might have a hit on their hands. I don't know if they know it, but <laughs> and you know I what? Think... I'm really glad I chose it for our box office. Game. Now, <laughs> which will, yeah, which we'll definitely get into too, because you're having a great first start to the, the, that, right. that that whole contest we have going on. But yeah, but yeah, right. no, it was it was half full, and like I said, with like working class people, you know, and they were there as groups too. Like I, they were showing up. It, it's almost as if. Um, and let's just say like like you have an auto body shop right you know and you have everyone and it, it, it felt like everyone just decided hey let's close the shop early let's go catch this freaking movie because we're dying to see it and maybe we'll go back or not you know whatever the case is and we'll continue working but it they were in groups and i thought that was really really fascinating but yeah i it's because of that i knew okay this is going to be huge and i think marvel is aware that this is going to be big too um with their box office predictions for the weekend, I think globally they're predicting 250 million. I, I think they're they may be slightly undercutting themselves. Who knows? But I think this is going to be definitely a huge hit for the weekend. But but yeah, going into it again, I was very eagerly anticipating it. I was also somewhat concerned because of you know Marvel how they've been treating their stuff uh, in in recent years. But I also have full confidence in James Gunn. You know, like James Gunn has been very, he, he has nothing but hits when it comes to Marvel stuff. Even now with DC, you know, he did that new Suicide Squad and then he did the Peacemaker TV series on HBO. And those were fantastically done too. So I have a lot of confidence in him. This movie really, really shows and again reaffirms that James Gunn is a brilliant creative mind um he he must have a bright future with the mcu oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, if, I, the, <laughs> if this movie's super super successful the irony is marvel you had a great hit uh you lost the guy who made it to the comp- competition before exactly. it was released good yeah. job we're really excited for the next movie yeah yeah uh, it, it marvels yeah in <laughs> you're gonna have a great it, summer got you Oh yeah, it, it's it's. I am very very confident that DC's in good hands. You know, with with James Gunn moving forward over there, so it is a big loss for Marvel. So what, one of the things I mentioned in my Letterbox review, um, again, if you don't follow us on Letterbox, you see the screen names of our Letterbox handles down below. Um, this felt like not only a close to the chapter of the Guardians of the Galaxy as we knew them, but it's also a close of the old Marvel regime. Because I feel like a lot of things are being transferred out. You know, they're putting a lot of focus on the new younger stars of the Marvel Universe. uh, And a lot of the people who were involved in the Marvel Universe are starting to, like, move on, right? It's already been said, you know, Dave Bautista said he's not going to be returning as Drax. He's not expecting to or wanting to. He needs a break from that stuff. Recently, Zoe Saldana also confirmed that she is not interested in returning as um, Gamora anymore. Um, Chris, you know, he's very loyal to James Gunn, as is everyone else. And now that James Gunn is gone, he said that it's going to take him very big convincing to return as Star-Lord because James is not going to be involved. But if the story makes sense, then he will return, which is interesting because how we got something... at the end in the post credits that makes me question okay what does that mean so and we'll talk about that more in the spoiler stuff but this movie was a very emotional 
very, very entertaining, had a lot of great funny moments and not funny where it was like overbearingly funny or trying to be funny like Thor. Like, you know, it's not that it's the same James Gunn type of humor that you're used to. Um, and it just had a lot of great character moments that once again made you realize how much you love these characters and how much you actually love them as a group. So to see this close of a chapter is very sad in a way. Um, I'm sure eventually maybe one day we'll get to have them reunite and all that. But it was like a perfect close to the trilogy that James Gunn worked on and that he was a part of. Um, I think it's one of the best Marvel movies we got since Endgame. Uh, again, going back to the, the one of the best movies that they've done. Um, and in if I were to kind of rank the Guardians movies, I would probably say this is probably the best one out of the three, um, in my opinion. So those are just my initial thoughts on the movie. You know? Yeah, I'm there with you. I think it's my favorite too. Um, I, I just have... I'll do my quick little like theater. It was the yeah. 8 p.m. Thursday showing, which mm -hmm. should be a full one. But they also, the Midtown AMC had maybe 20 different showings throughout the day. It's one of those like, yeah, huge big releases. Like we rarely see these days. Used to be yeah. more common, like Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire, kind of like back yeah. in the day, like every theaters for that movie kind of vibe. Um, the, so I, I'm going to say that it was about 80% full, which when you have that many showings, that first couple rows isn't going to be sold and people are going to go to the other one. And they were just, they'll just keep adding showings as long as it's getting to a certain very full. Um, surprised me. There weren't applause at the end, but my little group applauded. We just had a little bro night at the movies. Mm -hmm. Great, great movie for that. We were hyped about it into it. Excited. I think the audience enjoyed it. Like based on audience reaction, yeah. people were there for it. It might be just like how it ended, which we'll get to later, that mm -hmm. had a, some effect on that. Uh, but overall, I I enjoyed it a lot. The, Guardians 2 is what got me fully into MCU. I was skeptical. I was in the Scorsese camp of these aren't real art movies and these are sure. for cinema. And then I saw <laughs> Guardians 1, then 2, back to back, once, when Guardians 2 was coming out. And that's when I go, oh, I'm, getting, I'm going all the way in on the MCU. Nice. And since then, haven't looked back. And I sometimes wish I had lately because that's the other thing I'm going to mention real quick. I'm not sure where you want to take it after this, but yeah. I'm just going to go through phase four and five because there's only been a couple movies in phase five. This is the second one. Okay. And I just want to play a game called like bad, good, or mixed reviews. And I'm not okay. saying like for us, but like, I like it. General, obviously, like, is this understood to be a good MCU movie, a bad MCU, or like mixed reviews? And I, I like it. Black Widow. Bad. Bad. Yes? Yep. I guess so. Yep. Shang Chi. I'm saying mixed to good. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. All right. Eternals. Bad. Uh, mixed? mostly. Yeah. Not to me, but mostly. Yeah. Same. I liked it. This is yeah. not our reviews. We can. You can yeah, have yeah, 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 yeah. A little side yeah. category. I liked it. Bad. Re bad reviews. Bad results. Yeah. Spider Man No Way Home. Good. Extremely very, good. Very. Yeah, very good. Saved the movies before Top Gun even. Extremely got good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Strange in the multiverse madness. Bad. Yeah, mostly bad. Yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder. Bad. See, now I would say that's mixed because I heard a lot of people liked it. You know, box office wise, 
box office wise, probably not, I mean, not fantastic. Not as yeah. as they should be, right? right, right, yeah. And then we'll just do a quick little like Rotten Tomatoes has it at a sixty-three percent, which now is that is that user is that user rating or is that critic rating? I'm so sorry. Uh, I, for the record, don't love Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I, I, yeah, Monometer sixty-three percent. The audience score seventy-seven percent. So that's, that's what I felt. That's yeah, good. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then I'm sure I'm looking at it now. Uh, Metacritic fifty-seven percent. When you just go like, okay. critical acclaim, there's different okay. ways to judge it. Audience scores, sure. box office, critics. Uh, not not great. We'll say yeah. it that way. And like you know, oh, the fact that Thor has to a big hit. In Ragnarok, the first one, and then two of yeah. the worst Marvel movies in that way. All right, Black <laughs> Panther: Wakanda Forever. I'm saying mixed. I would say Some mixed. Would say good, yeah, so bad. So I'm going to mixed. Yeah. So, but yeah. is, and then you compare the first one, and they had a bad. Uh, they were dealt a bad Un- hand. Well, an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, worst ever, is what I wrote next to this one. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm keeping track at home, we have two that are mixed to good. One good Spider Man, and then all the others are bad of that mm-hmm. list. And to Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, worst ever based on just multiple metrics for MCU. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, good. And then my question is does this help Marvel? Or are you just giving James Gunn a shitload of momentum before he goes to the other team? The competition, which, yeah, it's good. It's good if they make money. It's good if they get people invested in their characters. But it was kind of like reminding me a little bit of watching Shazam 2, where I'm like, am I ever going to see these people again? Does mm. any of this matter at all? Which is yeah. a DC problem. Yeah. Just in general, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is superhero movies are in a weird flux position. We've been saying for a couple of years now, and some people have been saying for longer, this, is, this superhero dominance of the box office isn't going to last forever. Eventually they'll come across some kryptonite and we'll see where, where they go. This is a turning point. And, a, and so my, my, one of my questions is, is this going to be a standout in the downfall of MCU of superhero mm-hmm. movies in general? Is this going to help them get an uptick? Cause next movie is November, the Marvels. Yeah. After that, it's a year from now, literally yeah. same weekend, a year from now, Captain America, new world order. That's a lot of flopping since 2021. If you go back to Endgame 2019, if I'm right, they didn't have a movie for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. Some, some things came up around the world, got yeah. in the way. But in five years, that means you'll have two good movies, two mixed ones, and all the others being in the bad camp. That's not great. What, is no. that, what does this mean for the future of the franchise? We, we did our little reviews. How, how do you feel about Marvel right now? So I think, like you said, Marvel is in a very interesting spot right now where they have to be, and I and I know they're aware of this, they have to be very cautious with what they, sh- you know, kind of throw out there. And, you know, just like Star Wars, they, they had to do some reconfiguring and, and readjusting. And I think their decision to kind of um, slow down on the content with the changing of some release dates. Remember, Marvels was supposed to be coming out in the summer and they kind of pushed it back. They moved it to November to kind of like, you know, stretch things out a little bit more Um, because I I think they do realize that there's just so much that they were throwing out there that they needed to kind of slow down. What this movie will do, I think it will, one, 
it will kind of, I think, instill more confidence in people that oh, Marvel still can do great quality movies. Because I, you know, I think a lot of people who are not like us, I think they they are not fully aware that look, James Gunn is not going to be working on any more Marvel movies. You know, like like he's going to be fully on com- committed to DC. So a lot of that back end stuff, most people are not going to realize. They're just going to see this as a Marvel property, and they're just going to say, "Wow, this movie is great." You know, at least I'm hoping that's their reaction. And then they're going to ride this wave to whatever the next Marvel thing, which is, I believe, a Disney Plus series, uh, Secret Invasion, which will we'll see the return of Sam Jackson, and a lot of people really loved his character as Nick Fury. And if they could knock that out of the park, then again, more confidence instilled, then it'll lead into Marvels. Now, Marvels is going to be a huge test, I think, for, mm-hmm. for Marvel, for Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, Um, where how is the audience going to really react to it? You know, one, you have three female leads in the movie. So I think for the female audiences, that's going to be great for them. For the younger generation, the young uh, females, they're going to love to see great representation on screen. And I think people who were fans of the Miss Marvel series is going to love this because I think she's going to steal that movie. Uh, Imam Vellani, I think she's going to steal it uh, out of uh, for everyone there. But how strong is this movie going to be? You know, like how interesting, how how is it going to play along with the rest of the universe that they're building, you know, we don't know yet. Um, but that's going to be a huge test for them because you're right. After that, movie-wise, and because of the current writer strike that we're in right now, we don't even mm-hmm. know how that's going to affect Yo. Captain America. You know, yeah. I heard that the script is done, but the Marvel way of filming is that they always do changes on the fly, and without any writers available on set then what's going to happen? You know, are they going to like, I mean, they just announced that Blade has been put on pause because of the strike. So they're not working mm-hmm. on Blade right now. So Captain America, I believe they're starting to do stuff on it. I think they're filming right now. But how is that going to work out? You know, how is that going to affect things? So I don't know. It's hard to say, but at least for the short term, Marvel is going to be in a great spot again because I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this is the Marvel that I've been waiting for. This is the stuff that I've been waiting for, you know. The, the other thing I'll mention real quick since you were talking about the shows is yeah. we're not going to do, I'm not going to do the full, full list mm-hmm. of everything ever, but essentially WandaVision hit, Falcon Winter Soldier mixed but not hit in the yeah. same way. Loki hit. What if? Good. Not yeah. as successful overall. Hawkeye, not good. Moon Knight, I'm just going with general. This is my gut. Not sure, as sure. good. Miss Marvel, no. She-Hulk, no. That catches us up since Endgame on all the properties. Secret Invasion is interesting to me. Uh, yeah. Loki Season 2, What If Season 2. You've got a few properties here that will test the franchise for sure. And then you're right. The next one, they have some juice right now with the with what I think is going to be a pretty big hit. We'll see those mm-hmm. box office numbers come in. The next one, having the word Marvel in it is interesting, especially we're introducing new characters. And it's kind of almost like in some ways like a perfect, here's where we're at now. Uh, we're in the middle of phase five, which, mm-hmm. you know, first little set up to Endgame had three phases. We're kind of, we're getting right to that halfway point. It's got Marvels in the name. 
and it's got new characters and we're in this this still kind of like part of this pivot since in game it'd be really telling what happens after that and you're right i was looking at what the next movies are we're talking thunderbolts and blade for in this phase um are, are coming up after captain america that's really interesting, especially if Blade gets pushed. Let's just say yeah. a couple few months might be fair. Mm-hmm. We're now looking at through the end of 2024. Because especially yeah. if it gets pushed a couple months, you're looking at like a Thanksgiving, maybe a holiday movie. If right. Not. Thunderbolts is new characters, Blade. So I guess looking at this, what I'm kind of getting at, and then I'm happy to move on. Um, I don't know that, you know, we, we don't have uh, any whatever psychic powers unfortunately <laughs> to see what the future holds. speak for yourself like, buddy <laughs> <laughs> what i what i can see happening with the marvel franchise here is it goes from being you got to watch every one they're going to build up and every, the audiences will be full every time it might become a what mo- superhero movies used to be a little bit more is like oh we'll have a big event summer blockbuster movie something like a blade everyone's going to go out and see it Everyone's going to go out and see a Spider-Man every few years kind of thing. Captain America could just keep going in a way or it'll transform. But I don't know that it'll be they are the you know the New York Yankees just winning all the games and the World Series is and be that number one dominant franchise. It'll be more of this is what my gut says right now mm-hmm. is if the if the reign is ending of superhero movies, which we're getting there to where the the big box office movies last year. Um, there, there's still IP stuff. It's like Top Gun Maverick and Avatar, but those are the top two last year. Neither of those, Mar- no Marvel, no DCU. Um, that's what my gut says. We'll get more toward like event movie superhero stuff. The way that a Top Gun or an Avatar is, a, oh yeah, we made another one and people will be excited about it and go see it. But I don't know that they're going to have the, the box office full and there'll be more like i feel like maybe this is how it used to be it was like fantastic four or a wolverine movie is like oh yeah Yeah. you got some nerds in there and you got some casual like oh yeah i just want to see some people get punched fans but not every single person at school college the water cooler like oh my god what did you think of the movie and everyone in the office had seen the movie from last night that's what my gut says yeah i think i think i think you're not fully wrong i think marvel knows that they're in a spot where the next year or two is going to be down for them. Uh, And I think they're already prepping for that and they're gearing up. I truly think, and again, it depends on one, who they cast and how the story is going to, and two, how the story is going to be. I think the next big thing to get Marvel into the eyes of everyone, it will be Fantastic Four. That's why it's kind of funny that you mentioned Fantastic Four because you know, there's been a lot of news surrounding Fantastic Four this past week, last two weeks, whatever. If the rumors end up becoming true, I mean, could you imagine Fantastic Four starring Adam Driver as Mr. Fantastic, Margot Robbie as Invisible Girl, uh, Paul Mescal as Human Torch, and uh, I forgot who they might be considering Wait. as Thing. Um, None of that's confirmed what you just said, correct? It's it's all rumored. It's all rumored right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I was about to just open up my app and buy all the Marvel stuff no. <laughs> just because I love that idea. Are you kidding me? I know. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like these are all the the new up and coming people uh, in Hollywood right now. Uh, I mean, Adam, he's been in the game for a bit now, and so is Margot. But I mean, they're not at the level like 
Robert Downey Jr. was or Chris Evans and all that, you know. But these this could be the thing that can generate the fandom once again if the story is right, if the execution hits, right? And then and then I think everyone's waiting as to when they're going to introduce mutants, you know. When, when are we going to get our Wolverine? When are we going to get our X-Men and all that? Um, you know, Deadpool 3 may help with that when that comes out. But I think a lot of people are waiting for that. And then that might be the one that kind of revigorates the Marvel brand once again. But I think right now it's going to be, all right, let's do these movies that we already had planned that will play in the overall storyline that we're trying to tell. Oh, we didn't even mention the whole Jonathan Majors situation. How is that going to affect things? Because he's supposed to be our main baddie for the next two phases. You know, so we don't even know if how you want to cast a main bad guy and you want people to root against him, hear me out. <laughs> he's casting. playing he's playing the role the apparently. will boo when they see him on the screen. Isn't that wow, what a convincing performance to play a bad guy. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. So also, we don't even know. Also, when are we getting the Howard the Duck um sitcom Disney Plus show? Like, hey, how much I, longer until that happens? You're not wrong. I've been hoping and wishing for that for a long time. That and I think Spider-Man Spider Ham. Yes. Buddy comedy. Yes. Yes. We need that. We need that like yesterday. I mean, that is something they should have been working on. Um, none of this, what they're doing now, uh, Dinosaur and Moon Girl or whatever. Like It's this cartoon I saw on Disney Plus that's Marvel related, which I'm sure is is fun. I never watched it, but that's not what I want. I want, you know, fucking Spider-Ham and Howard the Duck and all that. But but anyway, so so at the end of the day, what did you how was your how did you feel about the movie? I don't think you really you know talked about it. Right. I really enjoyed it. Um, nice. I nice, nice. laughed a bunch. I enjoyed I feel like the special effects have kind of fallen off for MCU in recent years. We're seeing that happening. There was a couple of times I was like, mm, not as good, but. That's like one of the few gripes. There's not much else. To me, this is the strongest Guardians movie. The performances were really good. I also feel like Chris Pratt lost his fast pitch a little bit, his fastball. There's a few miles per hour on it. Maybe it's because we're kind of used to the Chris Pratt thing. There's a few lines that fell flat. You're also seeing a lot of green screen acting, especially in this franchise, where... And that's true of all MCUs, sure, but especially mm -hmm. in this franchise where it's a very like psychedelic planet and nothing is very Earth-based anymore, especially in this movie. But overall, I am a sucker for the Drax comedy. Uh, I do enjoy Chris Pratt's thing overall. Um, there's a few different characters where just every time they do anything or, or open their mouths, I'm, I'm into it. I really enjoy this movie does what another Vin Diesel property does. Uh, or tries to do is the family thing and it's the family you choose and <laughs> we're in this together and we're on a mission and yeah every movie's its own little like family gets to back together and saves their, their their group for whatever their mission is this this franchise is really good at that and this movie especially was really good at that there's also i want to say on the big bad um, i'm going to pronounce it chukwudu uji unbelievable oh my god he great was great fantastic great performance fantastic unbelievable yeah. and then his little crew his sidekicks including uh, nico santos brilliant i loved what they were doing in, in the big bad which to me can really make or break a marvel movie yeah 
when we left Thor, you were talking about the Christian Bale performance. Yep. We talked about the Russell Crowe performance. That is a lot of, especially when that's the biggest, the most lines given to a brand new character. Absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's the point where, oh, I've met you, someone like you before. You just want to destroy the world. And he's going, no, I want to perfect the world. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, at some point, they, if somebody mentions God. He goes, there is no God. Uh, that's why I'm feeling. That's it. why I'm. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Great lines from a bad yeah. guy. Yeah. And the, the acting, the performance, the makeup, the character. And then also. The, this is a this is and I'm if I'm getting his name wrong. I'm so sorry. Please don't punch me. I'm I'm the nerd amongst nerds. I'm the one who's like, you called him. What? You think that's a DCU movie? Well, I don't even know if it's called DCU. A, 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 OK. Rocket Raccoon is his first and last. Rocket, yes, we just call him Rocket. What do we? What, what does he we, like he, to go by? In the in the last several iterations, he's always gone as Rocket, but in the comic books, the full name is Rocket Raccoon. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Rocket then. Yeah, this is a Rocket movie. Oh, totally. One one hundred percent. I think yeah. we're stepping the spoilers territory. Is that cool? We're just going in for it. You want to just do it now? Is, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, we're talking. We're going into plot stuff and let's reactions do it. and all that. Let's do it. I don't know all right. What else we're gonna talk about? Before no, no, no. We get. Let's go. I'm gonna put the rocket yeah. of it all. Yeah, I'm gonna put up the spoiler alert now. So again, for those of you who are watching live or on the replay, we are now going to spoiler territory. So let's go. We'll wait two and a half hours for you to go see it and come back. We'll wait a <laughs> drive. Okay. It's so. it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> this is a rocket raccoon movie more yeah. than a guardians movie. Or like it's it is a it's a rocket movie of a guardians movie. I really liked that. It was yeah. touching. It was sweet. It was like there was a Frankenstein's monster aspect of it, but it was like a very lovable, cute, like Bradley Cooper feature. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It made it feel more special than just like, oh, gang's back together, same group, doing the same kind of thing again. This was kind of like a little spinoff in a way where afterward I was like, I just want to see the Rocket franchise after this. I would be okay with that. And yeah, we're not going to, I'm not, I'm not, trying to talk about the ending just now because i know you have some thoughts on that i want to get to like where's the group going from here but i'll just say from the beginning we've got the radiohead song creep we've got mm -hmm. a really sad intro like oh, if yeah. you cry at the um in the arms of angels animal commercials whatever those are you're definitely going to be sad in the intro of this movie and we definitely see mr rocket get some scientific testing done and fi we figure out how he's able to speak how he got so smart how why he learned to shoot guns in the first mm -hmm. place pretty dark stuff yeah they leaned into that a bit which this franchise is able to do we're talking about a, the very first movie what his his mother is dying and it's very sad like yeah. people are crying in the audience sad this franchise is good at doing that and also it's light but everyone's kind of jaded and they're all kind of hard asses and have had tough lives and now there's this bit motley crew that gets mm -hmm. together so that's kind of the only thing i was getting at uh when i was when we're moving to spoiler stuff is it just from the very beginning it's a sad and fairly dark intro but i'm i do like i like that this was the rocket movie yeah um, that to me was successful and there was a little bit of a bet on that because before he was not my favorite character he's kind of like why is this guy so gruff? And then you kind of fall for him over time. Like, oh, he's actually a sweetheart <laughs> in the center. He just wants to save his friends. But he right. used to be the hard, the hardest edged one of this group. And he's kind of, you know, we've seen him over time. Like, oh, he's just that way because he cares so much kind of thing. Right. Um, 
you, how did you feel about that, the rocket of it all? I thought it was successful. Yeah, no, I, I it was great. And again, if you obviously if you paid attention to the trailers and all that, you kind of knew, all right, there's a lot of emphasis going into Rocket in this movie. And I think the running speculation was that, oh, is Rocket going to die in this movie? Like, are we going to lose him? And I think a lot of people online were just like, that's what's going to happen. We think this is going to happen. Get ready, brace yourself and all that. That didn't happen. I avoided the trailers, but in my notebook, I literally wrote, at the end of this, after the first couple scenes, I wrote either Rocket will die at the end, or the big thing will be, oh, we saved Rocket. Right, will be like right, the, the right. The end. It's they set themselves up for that, and I, yeah. I didn't know any of that going into it, I, avoiding the trailers. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's good that you did. Um, you know, I, I obviously I I didn't because I can't, but um, yeah, going into it again, it's just one of those things where okay, is he gonna die? And you know, the latter happened, like you said, basically. You know, they saved him at the end. But even at the end, when they saved him, I felt like there was a possibility that, no, wait a minute, he could still catch it. This could be like one of those fake outs, you know, because he had to confront, quote unquote, his maker. Right. Um, But I do love the fact that we got that full rocket background story, because with every other character, I think for the most part, we, we understand their background. You know, Peter, we understood what happened to him. When you look at Guardians 1 and Guardians 2, you get the full story of Peter's background and and understanding all that. With Mantis, you know, we get a little bit of that in Volume 2 and the Holiday Special, just a little bit, right? With Gamora and Nebula, we understand their backgrounds, not only in the Guardians franchise, but outside of it, because they are the daughters of Thanos. So, of course, we we get to see a lot of that stuff play out. Throughout early well, MCU, especially time. we got a lot of that. I think, oh, yeah. I'm not recalling the movie now, but I think it's Infinity War. But there was a lot oh, of yeah. like where the parts came from and why she's yep. the way she is. Absolutely, the story there. Absolutely, yeah. So I think for the and Drax, Drax is a very simplified background. You know, we never really got full details of like his family and all that, but he talks a lot about it, especially in Volume Two, and especially here. And it's kind of funny how his character arc kind of ended. Um, at the end of this movie, it because again it goes back to family, right? So, um, so Rocket is the only one that we never really got like a full understanding because Rocket has always been kind of closed off. He's always kind of like, you, no one gets to know me unless I allow you to know me like that because he's very and when he had that like nice chemistry moment, bonding moment with Yondu in the volume two, you know where Yondu said. I, I, I understand you because I am you. You are me. Like that. We are the same person, you know. Um, I thought that was great. And then Rocket loses him again. You know, it's like Rocket has just suffered from loss after loss after loss. And we get to see the original loss that Rocket suffered from that kind of made him the person that he is now or the character that he is now. Um, and rewatching Volumes 1 and 2 so recently leading into this movie, if you pay attention... Rocket is the underlying main focus in these mm-hmm. movies. Like you kind of mm-hmm. catch moments where you're like, wow, they're really paying attention to Rocket here or they're highlighting a moment here. Volume two ended with Rocket, with a shot of Rocket staring out into space while they're having the funeral thing for Yondu. And it cuts to black after that. Mm. So well, the very I think- first Guardians, who finds Peter Quill? And how did Groot and Rocket come to him? And they're the first ones of the Guardians right. who come across him, if I recall. 
Yeah, it's like and it's he's like the one speaking between him and Gru. He's kind of the C three PO, and Gru's more the R two, and they're the ones who like kick off the action. Essentially, the ones who make this world connect with that world. Yeah, it, it was like if I remember. Yeah, Volume One, it was uh, it was Peter for the for the most part in the beginning, and then Gamora shows up because she's trying to steal the stone that he's trying right. to get. And then Rocket and Groot it just is there because there's a bounty on on Peter's head, and they they go nuts with all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, Rocket was there from the beginning um, while they all met together. But you catch these little things there. It's just like, oh, Rocket is like this main focus, and you, I guess James Gunn had that in his mind the whole time. Yeah, especially when Volume Two ended with that one shot of Rocket just staring into space, all melancholy and sad. And then this movie opens up with basically the backstory of Rocket. It's just, it's so seamless and it's just very good writing and very good storytelling. So I really liked, loved it. And again, as the movie ends, we it comes out that Rocket is now the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think is is a perfect ending for, for, for how things go uh, and all that. Really? But, but yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, was there anything else that like stood out to you? Because again, you are just a casual fan, so I know you probably have some questions. Um, but I do have to mirror again how fantastic uh, the high evolutionary villain was. Uh, just one of the best villains that we've gotten in the MCU in a very long time. I would say probably since Killmonger. Because uh, yeah. Killmonger was such a great villain as well, um, unfortunately short-lived too. Because it would have been awesome to see maybe another appearance from this guy. Um, but yeah. the, the way it all Especially ended, with Jonathan Majors. Sense. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if like two weeks ago they're like, "Hey guys, can we keep him alive somehow?" And he uh, can we do a switchy? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sure they're probably thinking now, like, "Oh, maybe we should have had kept this a little open for a bit." Next movie turns out this was a clone <laughs> of the actual guy the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's doing some genetic manipulation yeah. stuff. He's yeah. Um, it, as far as questions go, I what I couldn't quite tell. Mm-hmm. Is this the darkest Guardians movie? Like the saddest, most like we've dealt with sadness before from the beginning with with the mother, right? But this mm-hmm. one felt especially dark. There's times where we're kind of like watching baby pets get tortured. Oh yeah, yeah. We're watching Rocket go t- break bad literally before our eyes when his best friend gets shot. And this, it, also seeing it happen to like little baby pets is so, so hard to watch. Yeah. Um, seeing little sweet little raccoon and the guy's grabbing one out from the cage. But then we also, this movie does pay off. I don't think it, if it mm-hmm. ends in that mode, it doesn't work as well. But it ends with them saving all of these Frankenstein monster creatures that have been genetically manipulated or taught, trained. They've had, they've had their... They've been uh, mutated in ways mm. to where now they can speak. They have other abilities, etc. Um, doing that for the bad guy, I thought was was a cool take. We've had a lot of different versions of so, like Thanos wants to improve the quality of life by getting rid of half the people. Yeah. This dude's just like one by one manipulating creatures and trying to perfect a planet and a species, etc. There, there was something there for sure in what made it kind of creepier but also enticing at the same time you can kind of see how someone would get there 
I'm like, oh no, I'm trying to help improve the quality of life for everyone. And that's why I'm manipulating all of my subjects. Um, that was compelling. But was this, was this the darkest one? And also, is there any way the baddie, bad guy can come back? I really, I really liked him a lot. Well, so to address the whole baddie thing, um, the one thing I always love to say is no one truly dies in comics. You yeah. know, like there's always a way to bring someone back. Now, with kind of his death or 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 whatever, his vanquishing, uh, we, we kind of kind of see it, right? We kind of see his yeah. de- like little demise there. So my rule is that if you see the body go, then that's probably going to be permanent, right? Um, they could find a way maybe eventually to resurrect him. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no, he's definitely a great villain. And I wish there was a way that he could stay and all that. Um, but as far as darkness, yeah. No, this is definitely the darkest Guardians movie. I would dare say that this is probably one of the darkest um, Marvel movies that we've gotten um, yeah. because of the subject matter with Rocket and his little group of friends from the beginning, how they were mishandled and mistreated, manipulated, um, the gruesome deaths that they suffered and all that. Um, you know, it, and I, I believe I read some posts and articles saying that children should be made aware that this might be kind of troublesome for them uh, because they, it does deal with a lot of cruelty to animals and, and very dark tones and all. So... And again, this is a credit to James Gunn where he knows how to ride that line extremely well, you know, where it's dark, but it plays along with the overall story that he's trying to tell. And he finds a way to balance it out so that it's dark here, but then you get some light moments here and then you get some action beats here and then it's dark again because like all of the dark moments are done in flashbacks, right? It's done in a lot of flashback modes while Rocket is kind of like in and out of consciousness, you know, on the table, you know, while they're trying to like rescue him and all that. Um, So I like the way that they kind of did it uh, so that it's not so overbearing because if it was like a lot of like moments just with all that, then it'll be truly depressing. Um, But it, it, it definitely also adds to the emotional aspect of the movie, you know, like the one thing that got me so bad, so hard was when, it felt like Rocket was going to die, like we were going to lose him, right? Mm-hmm. And he Couple goes into, moments, yeah. yeah, and he goes into the light. He actually actually goes yeah. into the light and he sees his, his buddies. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they're they're all yeah. hanging out together. The, the walrus dude is the like walrus. waving at him. Yeah, he's like, oh hi, Rocket. And oh, my God. And then he said, can I join you guys? And and she, and I, I think Layla is it is the 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 otter's name I forget the Lore? otter's name. Uh, Laura. There's Lore, Sorry, there's Laura because they were lying on the floor. There's Flora. Yeah, wrote down the name somewhere because yeah. I, I love that that whole moment. And then they're giving themselves nicknames and it turns out. Oh, it was so cute. The name Rocket. Yeah, that, that was... was maybe my a highlight moment for me for sure. Like I want to rewatch their little like buddy, their little teenage. Yeah. Like, we're gonna be best friends forever, right, guys? Right, um, right, yeah. It was I, so cute. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, teeth was the was the walrus because of his sure. giant teeth, right? The bunny was lower because they were lying on the floor. Yeah, so it it's really good. Um, but the, yeah, when the the female the female companion was like, "Sure, of course you could join us," 
And at that moment, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be it. But then I love how they did like that really quick fake out where it was like, but it's not your turn yet. You know, you can join us when it is your turn. And I thought that was like really brilliantly done. But that was like one of the major moments that really got me. And I was just like, no. Um, but again, they just did it so well. The execution was just so good. Lila is what I have down. Lila, okay. What I wrote down. Also, yeah. um, we got to talk about War Pig while we're talking about the mutant creatures. Um, <laughs> did you get any Bebop and Rocksteady vibes? Oh, totally. From yeah, 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 yeah. Turtles from War Pig because one hundred percent. War Pig was a beast, and I really didn't like watching the War Pig get decapitated because I was like, I just kind of want to watch a lot of War Pig stuff, and I don't know what that yeah. says about me, but that was a very badass henchman for sure. Yeah, Hench Pig. I don't know. Hench Pig. Um, with his hippo buddy, I mean, or was it a rhino buddy? I don't know. It, you're right. It like, is Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, I literally like, was like, are we doing Team NT now? Is this the big <laughs> reveal from how do we get this franchise in here? Right. Okay? Um, that, that was fun yeah. overall. All those little creatures. Like, that was a really good. Because also, we're in a world where the future is coming fast and genetic manipulation is an actual question we're facing. It was like an ethical thing people debate. Yeah. Um, that that made it even more compelling when you have a bad, big bad who is dealing with things that people talk about mm -hmm. in like hushed tones. And that, I thought that was interesting um, right. to, to go that, that way with it, even if at times it was dark. And you're right about Rocket, it being in flashbacks because you just get doses of that sadness yeah. and then some happy flashbacks too. If it had been a life to death full movie, which is a difficult thing to pull off, that would have been the most depressing biopic oh, yeah. kind of thing where the first oh, yeah. 30 minutes is just like, please stop torturing the pet, the animals. They're so cute. <laughs> right. Like, this is a sick movie. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the best way to do that for sure. And it, it doled it out over time in doses and, and that was successful to me. Yeah. Um, I don't have any other big thoughts. The only other thing I was going to mention um, is the group toys that will be sold from this movie oh yeah marketing is, is like having a point. yeah they're having a field day Wait, with this movie we need we need a uh, 19 different versions of Groot because we're going to do um different variations of them one toy for each and then a toy where they all combine so yeah uh, we're not sure how we're going to make a spider bird Groot toy there's there were just so many different variations but i saw Groot kicking ass in this movie and we haven't oh, yeah. seen that a ton We've seen yeah. Groot die and become baby Groot. We've seen Groot be like a clunky tree that does some cool things sometimes. This was full form Groot, if I'm yeah. I mean, maybe there's another well, level. I would I would know, say this is so when we were introduced to Groot in the volume one, I would say that that is like Groot in his in, in human equivalency, like in his thirties. This okay. is Groot like in his twenties, I would say. Yes. You know? Yeah. And he was amazing. Groot. Yeah. Yeah. To where there's a moment, right? Like, is the bird thing very realistic where Groot literally grows wings? I mean, but I was also like, why not? That's cool as hell. And if you can yeah. grow it, whatever. So like, if that's Pete Groot, I would, I want a peak like Groot character. I, I don't want them to do the thing where they reset it again and it becomes a little baby Groot because then you have to right. wait another couple movies. I thought that was pretty cool. That was another little favorite moment when we're talking about mutant creatures, even though he's not one of. Uh, the big bads <laughs> experiments. Right. Um, those are most of my my thoughts and questions on the movie that I had for you. Um, okay. Anything else on on your end? You want to go, go through the yeah. music? We can definitely talk about. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, 
let's talk about that now because uh, again it's it's fresh in your mind and there's one thing that is just as much of a character in these movies outside of you know the real characters we're seeing on the screen and that's the soundtrack <clears throat> excuse me the soundtrack James Gunn once again and I I keep praising James Gunn because he well he deserves it in everything that he does he really pays close attention to the soundtrack and this one though not as brilliantly put together as volume one still resonates very high and hits all the right moments and all the right beats. Um, Love his choice, how it kind of spans. It kind of spans, um, you know, like I would say volume one was heavily focused on the classic rock of like the late seventies, you know? Yeah, exactly. Then volume two kind of dove more into the classic rock of like the the early 80s, mid 80s, um, which uh, that's like my realm. I love that stuff. I eat that stuff up like like there's nothing. I thought what he was going to do and what it kind of sounded like was that he was going to go in full 90s in this one, which he kind of started. But then he de- definitely dove more into 90s and then 2000s, like early 2000s with a sprinkling of maybe some throwbacks to like a 70s hit here and the 80s hit there but it, it all goes with the evolution i guess of the story and the and the characters here um so i love the soundtrack um it's definitely one of those that i'm gonna have on repeat when i'm like on the go and stuff but uh yeah really well, really movie good franchise stuff. like i i'm a music fan i'm a vinyl record collector i may mm-hmm. spend a full day in the record store dude there's soundtracks over time, like American Graffiti, right, that stand out as all-time great movie soundtracks. Yeah. This franchise has that, and they also have the thing where, like, you might be shazamming in the audience or, like, as soon as the movie's over, listening to that on the ride home and going, like, oh, there's there's some classics. There's the No Sleep Till Brooklyn Beastie Boys moment, but there's a couple. I'm, like, not sure even who this artist is. Whoever's on their music team is crushing it, unless it's just, like, Honestly, the, the director. Or, yeah. It's all James Gunn, dude. He is, is the one that curates it. Yeah. That yeah. deep cut, wow! Oh, yeah. Those deep, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then the other thing I like about it, one reason why it's special in this franchise, which is true of other, you have musical soundtracks for original soundtracks that are popular, but those—that's another category. There's a lot of soundtracks which is background music. This is diegetic. This is the characters yeah. that you're hearing it. They have headphones in. Mm-hmm. They're letting you know, like, it, it is such a crucial part to uh, Star Lord's identity. Which I think I I like that as part of his origin story and his vibe. I mean, he's kind of a it's kind of like Baby Driver. It reminds me of a little yeah. bit where like yeah. music is just so important to that character's identity, and it makes them more of a cool punk kid. Who, yeah, they're a punk rebel, but they also always have headphones in. They're like an introvert nerd kid. Yeah. Like I relate to that. And I think a lot of people do, or at least they have moments like that. This soundtrack to me was absolute fire. Also, I have to shout it out. You know me. You're gonna roll your eyes. Oklahoma had two artists. <laughs> nice. Nice. From Garth Brooks gets a shout out near the end where they're doing the like yep. favorite artists. Yep. And then Flaming Lips had a really nice moment with Do You Realize? Oh, yeah. Was their hot song from Yoshimi Battles of the Pink Robots. That was fun. Nice. I nice. got into it. The rest of the theater in New York did it, but I do know I'm certain <laughs> in Oklahoma City, people going, Oh, we're in a movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so uh, all that to say, I love that aspect of Star Lord's identity—that leather mm-hmm. jacket wearing cool. I see you, Renee, wearing yours. 
what what's going on with the end of this movie and what's happening with the guardians and it gives us the star lord will return at the end yeah right what's, yeah yeah you know, well what's, I, I i know it's behind the scenes like it's it would still be in development if anything if they even know what the future holds yeah no i i I think that's like the big question right now. Like that is something so like for, for me and I'm sure for a lot of people who watch this movie, I paid very close attention to how they ended it, you know, and I think it, it, I, we had a text exchange um, and you're about to go watch the movie and you said, do you want me to jot any notes down for anything? And I said, no, just enjoy it, but pay attention to the ending because I'm curious how you're going to feel about it. So the movie basically ends where obviously they save the day quote unquote you know where um they rescue all the 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 captives of the high evolutionary that he was doing experiments on and you know kind of making perfect and perfection and all that stuff which is also again yeah if you uh if you think think about his plot how he created this planet called alter earth i think it was called or or, or counter, yeah, earth. counter earth where he was trying to just make a better version of Earth from his mind, from his point of view, and how he realizes that, well, it didn't turn out as perfect as I wanted it to be, so the only other reasonable thing to do is just to <laughs> recreate it all over again and wipe everyone again. out. Yeah. Or <laughs> too. Yeah. There's a moment he goes, oh, your, your uh, escape plan is to go down to the exploding planet? Perfect. That works great for me. Yeah, There's yeah. some really cool badass. That, those, that end fight scene was very successful. Oh, my gosh. The one-shot fight movie. scene that they had with Yo. where you saw the team actually working as a team, badass. that was so good. And again, like you said before, it's, it's the kind of action stuff, like you said, with Groot that we haven't really seen in a long time in these Marvel movies. And it just, it hit home. It was just like, yes, we're seeing something so awesome. But yeah, as they they basically save the day, you know, we get that nice moment, you know, where Star-Lord's like, we need to have a team meeting. And basically it's the the disbanding of the group. You know, it, it the, the one thing that you, if you notice, James Gunn has always treated this group as like a rock band. You know, like if you look at a lot of the marketing material, a lot of it looks like album covers. They look like they're all rock stars and all that. And you see a lot of like images and stills that look exactly like that. This is like the disbanding of the Beatles. This is like everyone needs to go on their own and figure things out that they want to do for themselves. Star-Lord realizes that ever since, you know, he was... Uh, captured from Earth, he's never returned, and he's never kind of reconciled with his family that is still there. So he decides, like, maybe it's time for me to do that. You know, you know, get myself truly over Gamora, and add, as my healing phase is to reconnect with my family. Mantis is like, I've always been following directions from Ego, and now I've been kind of following directions from the Guardians. I kind of want to do my own thing now. I, I kind of want to, like, this is all part of growing up, right? So I want to go off on my own. So she does that. Uh, Nebula has now reason that, you know, she has this new purpose where she wants to take care of nowhere. And she needs Drax because now they have an influx of all of these new children, these new cloned children from the evol high evolutionary who have bonded really well with Drax, which I also thought was kind of funny how he knew how to speak their language without telling anyone. 
and he's just and he has this great line where he's like oh like oh you 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 knew how to talk their language it's like yeah how come you never said anything well you never asked <laughs> it's just so drastic dry comedy is <laughs> among my favorite of any character yeah in the whole mcu it's such Absolutely. a Drax moment. It's it's so good, you know. But his purpose is now being a dad to all of these kids, you know, which again is so touching, you know. And if you look back at the history of Drax, one thing that he could never let go is like his family, like his daughter, like you know, being with his kids. And now he gets to finally do that, you know. And then we get Rocket's final true purpose is to lead the Guardians of the Galaxy now that everyone is leaving and doing their own thing. So now he gets to hang out with Groot, who you knew Groot was never going to leave Rocket's side. They're always bonded for life. It's like Han and Chewie. You know, that, that's just how they're always going to be. And Cosmo, you know, with the little Russian dog now joining the team. And then now you have this new group that we see at a post credit scene at the end with Rocket, Groot, Cosmo. You have uh, Sean Gunn as uh, Kraglin, who is still around. Then now you have the new Adam Warlock played by Will Poulter. And then you have one of the kids, like one of the main kids who can now speak English apparently. So this must be like years after the fact, you know, because again, we talked about the evolution of Groot. This Groot that we have now at the end is what I kind of call King Groot, where he's like this gigantic, enormous, like Kaiju, like crazy monstrosity. Um, which you do kind of see in the comics in, in a different variation. And they, I think they refer to him as King Groot. Um, so they are now kind of, quote unquote, the new Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, which I think is smart for Marvel because if you notice, half of that team is CG. So it doesn't matter, you know, who fills that role. You know, anyone can do a voice. So it's easy to kind of do that. And you have... Sean Gunn, who, even though he does have loyalty to James and he appears in any every movie that James Gunn does, it's a paycheck. So I'm sure he wouldn't mind returning to Marvel, right? Yeah. Um, you have the new kid who is still very young, so she can do whatever she wants to do whenever. And Will is also young too, so he could do whatever, you know, he could still uh, join in and all that. So we get introduced to that new team. And then we get introduced to... We're not introduced, but we get to see an insight of Peter Quill now chilling at home back in Missouri with his grandfather. Just seems to be just chilling and hanging out, you know, helping out around the house and all. And then that's when we get hit off with like that little teaser that Star-Lord will return, which baffled me. Because yeah. it, it kind of contradicts what Chris Pratt said in interviews or maybe he's just doing that because you know he doesn't want to reveal anything and you know disney and marvel they're very quick to uh, slap you on the wrist if you give away too much stuff so my biggest question is will he really return you know and to what extent are we going to see maybe a star lord one-off it, it, it being like maybe a show or a, you know whatever series or is he going to be one of those guys that will just pop in to movies from time to time, you know, especially now he's back on earth. Will he pop into, I don't know, a Spider-Man movie or will he pop into whatever a Dr. Strange movie or whatever the case is? I don't know. I, this is one of those things where I don't really have a full answer to um, because there hasn't been any talks about it. There hasn't been any revelations about it. 
Um, so it will be very curious to see what's going to happen moving forward. But but how did you feel about the ending? So I like the one where he's at Earth. There was some humor there. Um, he's eating cereal next to his grandfather. If I'm Magic Spoon, by the way. I love that they're eating Magic Spoon, which I always nice. wanted to be like kind of a sponsor of ours. So just a little hint and throwing out there into the the, the ether. <laughs> you and Peter Quill eating Magic Spoon <laughs> on camera. I missed that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. The but yeah, he's just complaining about the neighbor's lawn or whatever with his grandpa. Right. And uh, that was sweet. I was also surprised, and somewhere a bunch of the audience go, "What?" Whenever it says it'll return, because it's one of those things you could end it here. You could at least put a bookend on this one yeah. and say, "Well, everything after this, we don't know what the future hold. If the Guardians return, it'll be a different version of them for sure. Yeah. At least a little bit." And then we'll see what the other characters are up to, checking on them. Maybe they have to get back together for one last rodeo. Yeah. But to say Star-Lord will return is interesting. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, because sorry, I'm a noob. Is Star-Lord isn't like a Captain America thing where it can be a mantle that's passed down. Star-Lord is Peter Quill. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, that was that was a name that he gave himself. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not something yeah. that you would like, oh, you put on the leather jacket and now Renee is. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Look, I can only wish. Star -Lord vibes, I, I sure. can only wish. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't have many thoughts on the end other than, huh, why would you why would you pigeonhole yourself unless it's keep people invested in the MCU? People are probably going in worried, going, I love this franchise. If, you know, what could happen is a there's people who are Guardians fans more than MCU fans. They go to this movie. They say, oh, it's over. Mm -hmm. I'm done with MCU now. I'm going to move over to DC. So it's, it could almost be a business decision at the end of the day, especially if we, yeah. if we knew there'd be a fourth one, if we knew that the director and actors were already making that plan or even a new director or something, then they probably would have floated something. There'd be some rumor somewhere. Right. But we're looking around the internet and it's nothing. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it feels like a business tactic to me more than a storytelling tactic. Is it safe to say that at some point Chris Pratt will take a big enough paycheck to be in the Marvel 50th anniversary infinity, infinity, infinity war? I don't know. Like that's, that's probably not a terrible bet to say Star Lord will in some way at some point return. Maybe yeah. it'll be a flashback. Maybe it'll be a poster on someone's wall, but like, it doesn't, I, I don't see evidence. And maybe on Monday they'll go, oh, big surprise, Guardians 4s, we're doing a Memorial Day Easter egg. Yeah, egg, <laughs> like, oh, Easter we're writing a script. Egg. And, oh, no, we sure. can't write because we're on strike. <laughs> It'll be an improv sketch comedy skit <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a touring company, like just going around. Hey, we are the Star Wars tour. Netflix special. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, but I also am not the most informed in the ways of James Gunn and Guardians and how the MCU rolls these things out. Just from yeah. my experience, what I've seen them do before with these clips, sometimes, like, I still haven't seen Harry Styles doing anything. And we saw him at the end of, I think it was Eternals. That's something. very true. Yep. Like, that, sometimes those things just kind of disappear. And yeah. business-wise, it makes sense. You can't make every movie you want to make. And three years later, the world's a different place. And everything got pushed a couple of years. And yeah. now this person's quit acting forever, whatever happened there. So I don't know what, what to expect. I did get a little excited when I saw it, though. I go, ooh, Star Little Return? Ooh, I'll buy another movie ticket soon. Can't wait. And that's that kind of makes me a little suspicious of the business decision. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is... 
yeah, a bit business decisions, but it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, it, it it's it is pretty baffling. Um, and again, it, that it could mean so many different things. Uh, and I I just hope they don't like they didn't pigeonhole themselves into a promise that they can't keep later on down the line. Yeah, because you know fans will riot. You know, I, I believe capital in yeah in in cachet and like trusting your franchise. Yeah, so you lose goodwill. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of goodwill, I'm curious. How did you feel about Will Poulter as uh, Adam Warlock, who is a brand new character that was introduced into it was just introduced into this movie, who is extremely, extremely powerful, uh, probably one of the more powerful Marvel characters that we we have right now. Uh, any thoughts on on the introduction of this new character at all? You mean the kid from We're the Millers? Um, yeah. I think he did a pretty damn good job uh, considering his resume. Yeah. Um, overall, I liked the character. And I thought he was going to be either a big bad or a number two to the sure. big bad. I mean, which kind of happened. Like, he murdered Warpig real good. Oh, my God. Uh, real quickly. He was yeah. a really good, but also you kind of get the problem at some point where it's like, oh, Captain Marvel has so much strength no one stands a chance and now this other guy has super duper duper strength yeah. and now the two super duper strength people will punch each other and they'll play bloody knuckles until one of them explodes yeah. and then we lost three planets like i'm i don't want to go down a route where like that is a recurring thing but mm -hmm. it is fun especially when you have a team-up movie like this how are these five people going to outsmart and trick this dude who's seemingly invincible and can take anybody one-on-one -on -one? how do you defeat them that's kind of been a running thing throughout the marvel movies and um either team up against team up like in civil war or how does the group take down Thanos was the main in game. Sorry. I'm not trying to pun was like, the whole first few phases. <laughs> how do we team up to defeat the strongest and most right. possibly super duper strong person ever. So I enjoyed them starting off with that. Yeah. Uh, it, that can become tiresome at some point if it's just, you know, you're just a Mike, like a rock'em sock'em robot punch out right. with infinity strength. So uh, right. overall, though, pretty good character, pretty good acting. I, I wasn't too mad about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was interested. I was, I found it really interesting. Especially, I, I found it interesting to the how they approach the character because I am slightly familiar with the camera from the, the character in the comic books. Um. The character was actually in the comic books very heavily involved in the whole Infinity War uh, moments. Um, it, he was the one that was originally supposed to have the Soul Stone that Vision had in the movies. So it was interesting how they kind of changed that around and all that. They He played the character to be very childish in the beginning um, because he is still kind of freshly born and all that. So obviously he doesn't know a lot. Uh, which I also found very, very fascinating how they did it. And then at the end, it looks like he's just very well adjusted with the group and all that and seems to be doing okay. So I, I'm curious to see if we're ever going to get more from him and more exploration of that character. Or is this going to be like another Harry Styles situation where he shows up, in, especially, well, he's definitely more of a, at more capacity in this movie than Harry was. But is he going to be easily forgotten moving forward? You know, like I, I it's, it'll be weird to sign up someone like him to just do that. And then that's it. You know, also, this is kind of interesting. I'm just looking at the dudes. I know I was saying that he's the kid from where the Millers. He's in The Revenant. Um, yeah. He was in Detroit. He was supposed to be cast as Pennywise in it. 
Oh, is that right? Dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Just learned that. Wow. Okay. Yes. And then Bill Skarsgård comes in after that. Mm. Um, Maze Runners have uh, Black Mirror, Midsommar. We've got some really good directors directing this too. Sure. Uh, James Gunn. Um, I I could I I could get some like little. I'm like I don't know what kind of star he would be, but like Jesse Plemons kind of star. I see that for sure. Yeah. Just a different looking dude. Maybe not going to be the George Clooney type, but yeah. more of that. Um, I could it, good enough acting to where if he's done these different type of roles and they're different from each other, I, I, I'm going to keep an eye on Will Poulter. Maybe I'll put some stock in his Hollywood career. That's there you go. Yeah. Um, so again, we, we talked about the endings and all that, and obviously character endings for sure. Um, how How did you react to the whole... Gamora and Peter Quill relationship. I mean, were you expecting them to maybe reconcile or maybe she'll give in a little bit and be like, yeah, I may not be the same Gamora, but you know what? I'm willing to give this a shot. Or, you know, did you know, okay, now this is not going to happen and I'm cool with how it all ended. Because in a way, her character arc ended with her reteaming with the Ravagers, right? Who we found out that she was a part of this whole time. And get I guess being one of their like leaders essentially you know and off doing their own thing um and Peter and and her not reconciling their relationship and their bond but I, I feel like at least Peter got a closure in, in in saying what he had to say and realizing that okay I, I need to give this up because that's not the same person I fell in love with but you saw her for a brief moment be like I can kind of see how my other self, saw him the way she did you know so should i or should i not you know (laughs) so the part of those scenes were hard for me to watch and i had to in a way like kind of shut down during them Mm. um i i haven't said this on air before but i had a partner before who was in an accident like a car accident where they they were in a car with their father they hit a cow on the road and i know that that sounds funny but it's not and they ended up with the form of amnesia where they can remember their life up until the night before. Mm. Um, and so I'm actually describing right now the plot of 50 First Dates. But yeah. if yeah. we had a sequel, a rom <laughs> Quill and Gamora, 50 First Dates, guys, I, see what you I did would there. love that. <laughs> Hear me out. One yeah. of the best Adam Sandler rom-coms, maybe top 15. It's not that yeah. good. But... I did enjoy that. The one where it's like, is it destiny? Is it fate? Uh, it, it, the chemistry is right there between the two. And it mm-hmm. was always sizzling. And so it just takes two people who are kind of built to love each other being in the same room again. And yeah. Fire, fireworks, baby. So I kind of expected that a little bit at the end. Yeah. It, you can't do it too quickly or too soon or it's kind of corny. It's just right. like, oh, destiny in your eyes. I like the one where she's giving him shit. Being like, who are you? That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that yeah. was a good um but then also poor boy suffering in his heart and that was it was compelling to watch that too um he's a little cocky so seeing him have uh the love of his life go i don't i've never met you before was was fun (laughs) but it also adds to their dynamic and it 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 wouldn't necessarily work if she was always head over heels and she had to convince you know like he wasn't fully into it. It's their dynamic allows for this to rebuild that same. I don't know who you are. I don't care about you. We're not buddies. 
stay away from me and he's got this crush on her like it allows that to happen again right they just have to kind of set it up in a certain circumstance um if you give me a guardians four with no peter but that means that there's a side one which is uh peter and gomora i would love that rom-com we haven't had a marvel rom-com fully we've had a little blips in there yeah we had blips yeah but never like yeah every other genre movie give me one of those that would be interesting. Yeah, I wonder who, like who, which characters could be involved in said rom com. Um, I'm sure there's the characters with like very Drax very has to be the best friend roommate <laughs> guy walking out. Both both Drax and Mantis should be because like that chemistry Perfect. between the two is brilliant. And Perfect. you know, we we kind of alluded to it earlier how they really ended up being like brother and sister, even more so yeah. than Peter you and her. My brother. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. <laughs> Here's out. Just hand us a million dollars. We'll make this movie for. Oh I, yeah, I want this one very badly now. Yeah, and and and, and you know what? We're not members of the WGA, so we can totally work. Like, <laughs> I'll scab immediately. <laughs> I'm kidding. Workers of the World Unite, but also absolutely. I yeah. really want to see this movie for for what it's worth. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So so again, the the closure it's of the tired. Drax and it it was now the closure of the Drax and Mantis relationship there. Um, with Mantis going off on her own and and kind of growing up, maturing and all. Um, just seeing them together on screen, uh, I, you kind of hinted at one of your best, the best lines in the movie that really hit you. Like I said, the moment that really hit me in the movie. And I think this was your most emotional moment. Yeah, you want to share that moment with everybody? No, I really don't, Renee. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of you actually when I heard this line and that's why I got <laughs> emotional about it. Um, at some point, regard at some point there, um, the, where Mantis is talking, Mantis puts Drax up to give a very emotional speech to Peter, and yeah. because Drax is the dry comedy, super literal, doesn't know how to make an analogy. This was my one of my favorite scenes in the movie, especially as like a, a former English major. He gives Peter this little speech where he's saying, um, "You've been jumping uh, from woman to woman." Like you're trying to stay above water, jumping from lily pad to lily pad, when really you should have just learned how to swim. Mm -hmm. And then it devolves into brilliant comedy where he's going, wow, that was an amazing speech. I've never heard you make an analogy before. (laughs) And then Drax brilliantly decides, oh, I I know what analogies are. I'm going to prove it to you. And he gives three examples of analogies that are not analogies. That are not analogies. Including earlier I pooped and my poop looked like a fish. Even my butt can make analogies. (laughs) Amazing Ars Poetica. um, Pardon the pun there. But uh, Ars Poetica, like poetry about poetry. Yeah. Brilliant breakdown of uh, the writing process for for, uh, Drax. And then uh, Peter just looks over and Mantis is like, no, I didn't put him up. Yeah. To this, yeah. She's like, oh, no. Yeah. Out, you morons. It was so cute. I loved that moment. But it was very affecting. It was a good little speech. It was cute. It was. Yeah. No, that that is definitely a great line. And I, I think a line that a lot of people can relate to for sure. Um, and it, it, again, just goes back to the writing, like we've been saying and all that um but yeah it, nice moments with drax and mantis and it's gonna be sad not to be seeing them together uh anytime soon um or at least for a good long while um you know again we don't even know if drax will ever return um but you know it, it's it's gonna be really really interesting to see what's gonna happen if anything if there is going to be a, a reuniting of the two um 
you see you taking this franchise because these are among of all of the franchise like we've had some good thor movies some bad thor movies we've had mm-hmm. some better captain america ones some worse ones this is one of the purest most successful internal ips within the mcu maybe the most i'm gonna go ahead and just say it it's the most maybe spider-man's up there spider-man would be up like, there yeah hit for hit pound for pound bangers yes yeah. That's that's within the MCU. That's pretty rare. There's some yeah. Iron Mans that are good, better than and worse. There's not. I don't think any of them have an unblemished track record, box office and acclaim wise, beyond Spider Man and Guardians. Part of what makes this franchise special is that highly emotional, it's kind of dark, like, and then also the very very funny. Yeah, I love that about this franchise. That scene we just talked about did that, but all of them have done that throughout. It's what they're really good at. Mm-hmm. I would. I think one thing that's interesting about DCU stealing away Mr. Gunn is not only are they adding a boon to their end, and not only are they taking James Gunn from the MCU, but it's also cutting the legs out from one of the f- star franchises within the MCU. Mm-hmm. I re- now that I, now I'm feeling it. Now that like I'm we're going through the characters and the emotional stakes of these yeah. movies, I'm kind of sad right now. And I hope whoever takes it on. And takes up the reins, but so far there's no guarantee this might be the end. That's sad. The yeah. sadder one is somebody else takes it on and it sucks and it doesn't yeah. have that touch. So there's been moments before where James Gunn was kicked out and then brought back in, etc., and not going to be making the next one. I'm curious what their plans are because they may have learned during that time of like, actually, this dude is the one who made Guardian special, or maybe they just, oh, we're gonna. It's maybe it was all negotiating. This person will leave if they don't bring them back and we feel like we could pull it off anyway. But if they did the same group of people for Guardians 4 with no James Gunn and it sucked, that would be painful yeah. to watch. That'd be some like Phantom Menace level, what the hell happened here? Alternatively, it makes sense that they broke the group up and are at least doing a hiatus. If not, the bands never get back together and everyone does their side projects. And in that way, at least, okay, it sounds different. It doesn't have the same tone. Mm-hmm. but it's successful in its own right that's possible i don't think i think that they set themselves up for better success than if they just kept the group together with and lost that yeah. thing that made it special that's my gut yeah no i mean you're 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 not wrong i mean i think and i kind of mentioned it before the fact that we now have this new quote unquote new team with half of them being CG and half of them not, it makes a lot of sense, you know, because it's very easy to bring that group back if you wanted to at any point, because again, you have younger actors associated with the group, you have voice actors associated with the group and the one Sean Gunn, who is the brother of, you know, the creator of it all. So if anything, he could have a lot of input on how to treat things, you know, the way they should be treated and all. But, at the end of the day, we didn't get a message that said the Guardians will return. We only got a message that said Star-Lord would return. So who knows? I mean, the Guardians, I could see the Guardians coming back at your big event movie. You know, like the big, like, this is the the movie where everyone is teaming up to go against Krang or everyone is teaming up to go against whatever big baddie we have. That's not Jonathan Majors or whatever the case is. Praying. I just want to make sure we're not talking. Team oh, Kang. I'm sorry, Kang. Right? Kang, Kang, Kang. Yeah, I sorry. I was talking about Team NT tie-ins with Warpig Bebop earlier. 
But if you're telling me Krang is coming in the MCU, I have I'm TMNT in my Andrew head. My favorite character <laughs> from TMNT. Are you kidding me? I have TMNT. Yeah, I definitely have TMNT so in funny. my head. But that is so Krang funny. Yeah. I, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. It's hey, it's it's one letter, you know. So, but yeah. I, again, at the end of the day, this was such a great movie. It was so much fun. It was very emotional. I think more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Um, great. Act. This is honestly, this is the first movie this year that I actually feel I'd need to see again in the theater because that's just how much I enjoyed it. Now, the other movies that I did enjoy this year so far, I want to watch again, but I'm not rushing back to the theater too. It's like once it's available for digital, I'm definitely going to see them again. This one, I'm definitely rushing back to the theater to watch because I just, I feel like I need to because that's just how strong of a movie it was. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. So speaking of box office, why don't we just take a quick look as to where we stand box office wise, you know, especially since we have our little game going on between the two that. of us. <laughs> I'm feeling real cocky right now. <laughs> and you have every right to be. Um, so in case you didn't know, in our previous episode, uh, we mentioned that um, we were participating in a little game, in a little contest. It's like our first annual, what we call the box, was it summer movie box office draft, right? I think for the lack of a better yes. term, we need to find out a, yes. big, a better name to call it. But anyway, that's what we decided to call it for this time. And we each drafted 10 movies that are coming out this summer. And at the end of the summer, whoever has the highest grossing box office is the winner. Blake won first pick, and he chose Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is a brilliant and smart move because that would have been my first choice. So as of right now, and this is just numbers tallying for, what, the preview night on Thursday, Friday's box office. I don't think this includes Saturday yet. But right now, we have Guardians at $48.2 million. Thank God. I thought that said, that says 40,000. And I was just like, oh no, I'm off to a terrible start. <laughs> and so is, the, so is the film. Okay. I see. Yeah. I, yeah. 48.2 million. And again, this is really just for like a day and an evening. Right. So, and, and this is like the total gross. This is, uh, this is global, I, I believe. No, this is domestic. Sorry. This is only domestic. So if we go into global. Right now, the worldwide box office is at eighty-nine million. Damn! For only a couple of days. Crushing it over here. Yeah. It, so, volume yeah. three earned franchise best seventeen point five million in previews, which is just Thursday box office. Yeah. So, yeah, could be pretty good. I'm feeling feeling real good right yeah. now. Yeah. So How you're you you're feeling? you're in a good spot. How you feeling, How you feeling bro? Look, you nervous. I knew this was going to happen. I I knew the minute that you chose Guardians, I knew that was going to be the result because. I was expecting this movie to do gangbusters. And and again, it's because of the reception of all the other two movies. Um, this is the one that speaks the best, I think, to all audiences. Um, you rank this up with the Spider-Mans, uh, the Black Panthers. Like, these are the movies that hit home well with more gener general audiences, you know. Um, and maybe, like, the tentpole major Avengers movies. Like, like everyone loves to see the big yeah. team up, right? Everyone just loves to see that. As box office, sure, but they're not as critically successful as no. Guardians 1 through 3 so no. far. But they have a similar vibe, which is 
who are these people where they come from they're misfits they're weirdos they've had some yeah. trauma in their past and now they're overcoming that getting the group back together taking on a mission team up vibes um with the comedy and some serious in there different tones but not very like there's a there's another weird universe where like essentially guardians is its own little mcu within the mcu yeah like you were talking about earlier and even when they show up the other mcu stuff it's not very much even yeah. infinity war in-game stuff they're just popping in at the end kind of mm. um they'll have some side adventure with thor uh but compared to other characters that are just in and out of all of them they're their own little container uh contained sto story within the mcu and they have but the same vibes overall essentially and mm. i think other than Spider-Man, even with Black Panther in there, and even with Avengers, if you talk about critical and box office, it's the most or second most successful of all of the internal MCU IP. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do strongly feel like this movie is going to have great legs um, going into the next couple of weeks, because I don't think there's anything else major, like major, major coming out for the rest of the month, right? Um, you could You could quickly yeah. check on that. Um, I think well, we're going right up to Memorial Day is is a couple weeks from now. So they might just give Guardians some some room, which is what you'll see when you have a big movie drop like this. Yeah. Um, give, give them a couple few weeks. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you watch this in IMAX or did you watch it regular? Regular. Yeah. It okay. was so sold out. We had, we're oh, yeah. I could imagine. To get yeah. the group together was tough. Yeah. In two weeks. Um, mm. I think we're talking Fast X at that point, unless okay. I might be looking at the wrong list, but right, basically up until that sounds about right. That's also to say Vin Diesel is going to have just a great <laughs> franchise run here at the box office. What uh, which... what 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 a career to, in the MCU to just be a voice where he says "I am Groot." Oh, which okay, that just reminds me. How did you feel about Groot actually saying uh, "I love you guys"? Like saying something that's not "I am Groot" in the movie. Did I miss that? Oh, you didn't hear that? Wait, well, I, it's possible. Hmm, I have ADHD. One, <laughs> two. Wait, at what point in the movie does this happen? At the end, when they finally realize that they're disbanding and they're saying goodbye to everyone, he basically. What does this imply for his language and <laughs> I know. syntax? I know. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually, I did not like that moment. I think that if there yeah. was one moment I didn't like, which it, uh -huh. it's so weird for me to be this nitpicky, but it's that moment. Like he should not, in volume one, at when he, you know, kind of forms that cocoon, he says, we are Groot. And I thought that was cute. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, this was very poignant at the end. And then now, fast forward volume three, the only the other time he deviates from his typical thing is where he says, I love you guys. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, where the hell did this come from? Now, is he just like, has he been exposed to the human language the so so much that he just knew how to say that? Like, I don't know. It was just, it was Maybe so he's the one able to make analogies next time, or he's just doing full writing shakespearean dramas <laughs> is he is he like the silent bob of, of the group where he just <laughs> remains quiet the whole time and then at the moment he just says this big soliloquy at the end <laughs> to, um, <laughs> to, yeah i would love that to go back to your other question um two weeks from now is fast 10 fast x okay two weeks from that spider-man 
a week from that transformers okay. and uh, a week from that elemental we like it, it's it's an interesting season at some point we'll look back and we'll go oh damn we have five blockbusters right right behind us and we'll have a better idea for the box office but i think the main point when that'll happen will be like july 21st mm. two and a half months from now when it's the uh, barbie oppenheimer weekend oh Fish my gosh Festival the week before that'll be a fun time but Ooh. in the meantime yeah we're basically going to slow drip these things in the memorial day season of summer right. box all right Oh, did I lose you? Oh, no, you're still there. For at least two ah! Whoa, wait, a, oh, what do I have on my list here? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Fast 10, interesting. I'm just going to be uh, hitting home runs. Actually, I, I think the next... Just watch me wrap the numbers up. I think the next movie you have on your list that's coming out is Book Club. Didn't you choose Book Club? Oh, yeah. And once that turns out to be the number, like, overtake Avatar in the global box office in all history, you're damn right I'm going to be excited. That's when I'm going to get real coffee. <laughs> I love how that is your pick. Oh, man. Yeah. It's it's going to be really, really interesting to see. All right. Um, any final Maybe thoughts? Groot will be in the book club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fully literate, or they're going to read, they're going to read one of his books that he wrote. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, final thoughts. I love doing this with you. I'm glad that the MCU at least has w w a breath of air, fresh air in its in its oeuvre. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I had fun at the movies. That's good. Thank God. No, no, I love that feeling. No, I'm I'm glad you actually enjoyed it because I know how this is not your genre and all that. So it, it's it's nice to see that you actually enjoyed this movie. Um, final uh, uh, what was your letterbox rating on it? I went. I started at four. Or I ended up four and a half after overthinking a little bit, but it's in that range for sure. Okay, nice. You, um, you. For me, I gave it a five. For me, it was a pure five yeah. uh, letterbox rating. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's because really rating harder, harsher than me. But this is a you movie for sure. This is a this is a movie that I was definitely a me movie, and again, it was in my opinion the best out of the three uh, Guardians movies and the best MCU movie that we got since Endgame, in my opinion. So. Very, well, very part well of our friendship is we're we're similar to the Guardians. You're wearing a leather jacket. We're two <laughs> weirdos, two outcasts coming together. Guardians, in seriousness, is what brings us together more than anything else. Where yeah. I'm telling you, that's what got me to MCU, and that's when you and I are talking about movies, and you're recommending, yeah. like, oh, you're going to want to watch this one. Oh, what mm -hmm. did you think of this character? Okay, yeah. maybe don't wait. Maybe put off Thor: Dark World until you're really into this thing. Oh yeah, etc. And then we're going to we end up seeing Endgame together in theaters. Mm -hmm. Just having a hell of a bro night. Oh yeah. That that this is this is in some way just like uh, Guardians is the little team up. This is like our team up franchise in a way. Yeah, Where, no, uh, for my, sure. My little movie interest and yours were just fully aligned. And we've been doing this uh, ever since. Yeah. To, no, and yeah, Guardians and it, it's fun. And you know, obviously, we're not gonna end anytime soon. Unlike the Guardians, who decides to disband when it's just getting good. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, again, uh, glad that we really enjoyed this movie. I, we're hoping that all of you out there enjoyed this movie. Again, if you're watching this in a replay, um, let us know your thoughts and comments of the movie, how you felt about the movie in general. Um, was there anything that threw you off? Was there anything that you related so closely to? What was the best moments of the movie for you? Let us know in the comments. Again, we already spoke uh, about spoilers and all that, so by all means, go go at come at it, come go at it in the, in the comment section. But that is our 
special live episode of Movie Time this week. Again, for those who uh, may have joined us live, thank you so much for tuning in. We totally, totally appreciate it. Um, Blake, before we head on out, where can people find you online? Letterboxd.com, where I gave this movie four and a half stars. My username is last name wolf. Awesome. And as for me, again, you can also find me on Letterboxd uh, under the Loki Geek, but that is the handle you could find me on all social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, but most importantly, here on YouTube for the Loki Geek channel. Again, if you have not done so yet and you're brand new and you like what you see and you want to see more, hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell to get notified every time a new episode is uploaded. If you want movie time and Loki Geek on the go, check out the Loki Geek podcast channel on your podcast platform of choice where you can download episodes like this for your listening pleasure. And if you're in a position to further help support the channel, definitely check out the affiliates that we have in the description of this episode. You may find something awesome for yourself or for a loved one. And by participating, you will be helping support this channel at no additional cost to you. And for all of your support, again, we are truly, truly thankful and grateful. So with that being said, this has been Movie Time. I've been Renee. That's been Blake. We'll catch you next time. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> In the next movie time.